Hello again, and welcome to our ninth edition of this podcast. This is Dr. Josh. And Dr. Doug. And we're back again to go over current topics in direct primary care, direct care in general. Um, It's been an interesting week. Yeah, you know, just uh, actually today while recording this, you know, a lot of the uh, news about the House wanting to... uh, uh, you know, talking about government shutdowns, but wanting to basically uh, defund uh, Obamacare or, or uh, the you know PPACA, uh, as it's uh, more formally known. Uh, you know, it's it's really interesting. Uh, last week, uh, more uh, or actually no, it was this week. Walgreens uh, basically uh, rejected Obamacare. So you know, as the t- as time goes on, we're seeing more and more. Uh, companies, insurance companies, etc., fall. Uh, and we're really Obamacare. sensitive to this. We don't want to make this, you know, an Obamacare issue. I mean, this is this is a bipartisan solution. The point is, insurance has been broken for a long time, and uh, I think the country overall is concerned that the Affordable Care Act isn't going to be a cost-effective solution. Uh, so, as that pressure comes down, we see a lot of responses from businesses, from uh, patients, and from uh, providers that uh, they, they want to see, I think, true care and, uh, and true reform in the form of direct primary care. And I think regardless of how all of this turns out, uh, you know, politically, you know, of course, patients are the ones that are, that are stuck in limbo, you know, whether they have care, you know, coverage, as we've said before. Having coverage doesn't mean having care. Uh, so what we want to make sure is that this, if nothing else, this... Uh, this whole exercise uh, with PPAC and everything goes to show just how broken and fragile the system is. Uh, there really isn't one solution to this. You know, you, you really can't come from the top down. Uh, it, it needs to come, you know, really kind of more from the bottom up. And, uh, you know, we've been talking about that for, uh, uh, for several episodes now. And we'd also like to say congratulations and thank you to Dr. John Dr. Harry in Pennsylvania. They launched their direct primary care practice uh, this Monday. So they are the first in Pennsylvania. And, uh, and so far, so good. I think they've added uh, 12 patients, new patients, as of Wednesday when I last spoke with them. Working out the kinks, but uh, it's always a little hard to go from a standard insurance-based practice and, and break that mindset and go into direct primary care. But I think, uh, I think they're doing very well. So we want to encourage other physicians who are interested. Again, you're always welcome to come visit our clinic. Uh, we're always happy to help answer your questions so that you can follow in their footsteps. I talked to Dr. Harry actually just uh, yesterday and just kind of asked him how it was going. He said, you know, things are they're, they're, they're kind of crazy around here. And I think, you know, his, his tone reflected that, you know, imagine if you've been uh, practicing or, or you've been working in your profession for a certain amount of time with a certain mindset. And all of a sudden we ask you to think in a way that's 180 degrees off of what you normally do. But interestingly, it's exactly what you always wanted to do. And that's kind of the interesting thing about it, that he's now practicing like he wanted to, uh, but he got so far away from that mindset that it seems crazy. So to us, it's uh, it's been life for three years, and it's great, and, and uh, soon they'll, they'll see the, the same benefits. Well, our main topic this week is uh, technology. We've obviously pride ourselves on the fact that uh, we're forward-reaching in our ability to use technology in ways that a standard insurance-based practice isn't able to. And this week, it's all about APIs and consumer-facing products that would 
be easily integrated with our software so that physicians would be able to connect and communicate with their patients in ways they never had. And uh, for for doctors, we tend to be data-driven folk. We, you know, we make decisions based off what we can prove. What's your blood pressure? What's your blood sugar? What's your weight say? The problem's always been that the business model only allowed me to get a blood pressure from you if you came to the office and your insurance paid your copay. We want to broaden this into a bi-directional conversation where doctors are constantly getting great data back from their patients, which just supplements our ability to uh, provide great care, prevent illness, decrease hospitalizations, minimize ER usage. And so uh, we're going to kind of go through that today. One of the uh, biggest things, and I'll let Josh talk about it a little bit because uh, he, he's a little bit of a fanboy. Uh, don't don't try to get into an argument with him otherwise. But uh, guilty you know, the, the new iPhone came out today. Of course, uh, you know he was in line this morning and, and has uh, has his fancy. It was a line of four, and... so don't <laughs> throw me under the bus too much. So you know that there's a lot of stuff in there that's really pretty interesting. I'll let him talk about how that affects uh, what we're thinking in lines of what we can do with our software and, and uh, technology. So I think the M7 chip is going to be um, very exciting for healthcare. They're already talking about the potential for healthcare and fitness apps to come down from this. Um, besides just the fact that it'll constantly be monitoring your activity, we'll be able to use that information and ideally build a module that can collect that data in a meaningful way and bring that back to the doctor and possibly the chart so that as doctors are working with their patients on diet and exercise uh, and uh, and tracking this data, the iPhone will now be just yet another extremely powerful tool. Uh, of course, the 64-bit processor, I think, will also be helpful because we'll just be able to do that much more to connect with our patients. And something uh, you know, a, a lot of people may be familiar with is uh, Fitbit, uh, basically kind of an advanced step counter, but looks at activity and uh, and various things. And you know, being able to link that directly into your chart, uh, you know, there are some, you know, when you really think about it, if if Target is able to predict uh, based on shopping habits, uh, if someone is pregnant and when their due date is. Uh, again, based, based on, on big data, yeah, based on just something like that, you know, we can take Fitbit, you know, and we can start to generate a considerable amount of data. So, if your activity level falls off considerably, did you injure yourself? Are you just taking a weekend off? Are you depressed and not moving about as much? And you know, these are, are you meeting the goals that we established for weight loss or general health. Yeah. So these, I mean, these are things with just utilizing technology that's out there, but doesn't have a great link to your physician. If anybody needs to know about your activity, it's your physician. So why do we put barriers in there? And, and you know, those are the things that are easily put into uh, management type software that doesn't have any kind of barriers uh, from the top. So uh, blood pressures, again, blood sugars, activity levels. Now we want that in a meaningful way. We don't want doctors to be um, flooded with information that doesn't require an action from them, but when it deviates from the norm, then you know we can act on it then. Uh, another interesting article this week from medgadget.com was the ability to print uh, microchips directly onto the skin for continuous monitoring of blood pressures, or I'm sorry, of uh, temperatures. Uh, Maybe less applicable in the outpatient setting, but still a fantastic technology that we could use for inpatient. So we're constantly monitoring uh, vital signs like that to see 
if a patient in sepsis is getting better or getting worse, I think that will be you know the um, the first steps into a, a environment driven by big data. Something else, you know, looking at blood pressure, of course, that's a big issue. You know, as as many of us age, uh, essential hypertension or or blood pressure that rises with uh, age. Uh, that's something we want to keep track of, and you know, uh, being able to send that data uh, through to your your physician uh, is is invaluable. As a matter of fact, one of uh, one of our patients is an engineer, uh, had some high blood pressures in the clinic, and refused to believe that he had high blood pressure. Uh, so actually tracked it multiple times a day, various times. Took out the median, the mean, looked at the statistical significance of it, uh, and you know, graphed it out. You know, very a very engineer style, and lo and behold, he actually did not fit the criteria for hypertension. So, you know, here's someone that otherwise, uh, in a seven-minute appointment, would have been put on medicines to control blood pressures, possibly have uh, orthostatic problems and fall, hit his head. I mean, you, you can imagine the kind of problems, but just by utilizing data, we're able to look at that and say, you know what, you're right, you don't have high blood pressure. You just have a little bit of white white coat hypertension, but not high blood pressure. And the reverse is also true. I think it helps connect us with our patients when they say it's not a one-time event, but they're seeing themselves at home elevated blood pressures repeatedly, then it justifies to them that the blood pressure medicine is needed and or working once they see those levels go down. And there was an article, I believe last week or the week before, talking about how with cheap medicine, lisinopril and hydrochlorothiazide, and free follow-ups, they were able to drastically improve hypertensive control, which had enormous decreases in stroke events down downstream. So again, this supports an overall model of taking really good care of our patients. Um, I'm especially interested in the, the glucometers. I have several diabetic patients, of course many type 2, but uh, a lot of type 1s, and it I think it's interesting that we have to wait three months to find out what their um, blood sugar level is to you know, get an A1C when technology might enable us to have a new algorithm of a weekly, daily, monthly average. And again, when that jumps too high, I get a notice. Now, it may just be that the patient had some uh, dessert, but it may be a sign of impending DKA or other issues. And intelligent algorithms running in the background might help us catch patients before they get sick. So we're really looking forward to things like that. And along those same lines, same lines would be something like uh, digital and, and wireless uh, integrated scales. Uh, you can imagine all of your CHF patients, you know, we tell them all the time, if you, uh, if you gain three pounds uh, over one day, I really need to know about it. Well, but you know, if if you don't get around to calling me or whatever, you know, maybe your weight changes and I just don't know it. So if I get weights every day from 100 of my CHF patients and three of them are out of range, I can preset for the uh, algorithm or the software to notify me that, you know what, hey, I need to call these people. They might be heading towards failure. I can see them in the office. We can figure out like, oh, okay, well, you just had, you know, a half a bag of uh, ruffles. Uh, that's probably the Delicious reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you yeah. can't stop at just one, and we understand. Uh, so those are the things that, but a thousand you know, scale. congestive heart failure mm-hmm. patients weighing on a thousand scales every day, but I only get the twenty or thirty patients who are outside of the normal that we we determine, and now I can prevent hospitalization because I have the data in front of me 
to act upon it. And so it eliminates a barrier from the patient side, eliminates barriers from the doctor's side, so that now we're, we're providing very good care. So all of these things are very interesting. And as we continue to grow, um, I think doctors definitely understand that from medicine, we stand on the shoulders of giants. But really from a technology standpoint, we do as well. Uh, we are fortunate enough to have built our software on a number of APIs. And as each one of those individual companies uh, strives to improve themselves, then our product only gets better. Uh, a great example is Twilio, who we hope to be able to use uh, for our text messaging for multimedia. So now even the pictures will come through uh, easier and faster. Uh, yeah, and, and a number of other examples, but as those technologies improve, we're able to capitalize on those improvements, uh, all for better care. And I think your average EMR doesn't even really understand what it means to have an API, to connect with outside resources. So it's a closed system that doesn't grow and doesn't expand, uh, as opposed to our system, which is readily available uh, for expansion. So... Coming up uh, in uh, October, going to be going to the uh, uh, first ever, first annual uh, Direct Pay Summit uh, in St. Louis. Going to be talking to uh, some forward thinkers there about uh, how we can uh, try to affect uh, direct care, making sure that certainly nobody falls into those same uh, loopholes or follies that have uh, resulted in the, the, the failure or bankruptcy of, of very good and otherwise uh, highly motivated uh, providers. Um, and uh, after that, you know, many more uh, uh, conferences to come. Uh, but we're, we're very much looking forward to uh, meeting with some of the, the people that are, again, like-minded. Uh, and uh, if anyone is, uh, is interested, again, it's going to be October uh, 11th and 12th. It's a Friday morning and, uh, or Friday all day and Saturday morning in St. Louis. Uh, if you have more questions about that, if you're going to be available, we'd like to... Uh, uh, chat us up about that. Um, Doug will be happy to buy you a drink at the bar. Uh, yeah, if you come up and say hi. Yeah, yeah, more, you know, one or one or nine, whatever. <laughs> but uh, that concludes our podcast for this week. As always, uh, we enjoy doing this for you. And if you have any questions, feel free to email us directly so that we can either address them in real time or add them to the next week's podcast. You can connect with us at hello at atlas.md. Again, that's hello at atlas.md. And we encourage everyone to go to our website, iwantdirectcare.com. And again, that's a tool for doctors and patients to put their pin on the map to let them know that the demand is there. We want to prove the demand. So I thank you very much, and we look forward to uh, our com or, uh, conferences in San Diego and Denver and letting you know how those went next week. Yeah, we're very much looking forward to that. I think there will be a lot of uh, a lot of good to come from it. So, you know, it will be a, a big few days for us, and we'll, we'll certainly keep you posted uh, uh, after next week. So talk to you soon. Thanks.